Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the hard-working Mitsubishi L200. With £2,000 off the range, make the L200 your ultimate workmate. Welcome back. Welcome back. Andre, don't pre- don't press it. Ian Collins wants a word. Has he got something wrong with his fingers or something? Got something wrong with his part of everything. Phrase don't press it. Do you not get? Dopey! We have to appreciate he's been in there since our last episode. Yes, he stayed there for Christmas and everything. I'm, you know, I don't want to be rude, but it smells a bit gamey in there. Yeah. That's always a weird expression, isn't it? When people say, oh, that smells a bit gamey. I mean, what does, yes. it, does that mean it smells like a game? I don't know. Or does it mean it's... I mean, I, I don't get that. Gamey. Gamey. Mm. What is game in particular other than a pheasant? It's a pheasant. Partridge. Quail. Quail. But it, is there... O- ostrich? Game. An, e- an emu? But then you go big game hunting. Oh, you do? Is it, is it meant well, to... I always say you go big game as if you go big game hunting. Well, I do. Hello, careful what you do at the weekend. Shot a tiger. Yeah. Couple of elephants. <laughs> Zebra. But in the, when they talk about game, are there, is there only like four feathered beasts that actually come under the category officially of what is game? But presumably, if you went out and shot. Pheasant. If you shot. Same to you. If you went out and shot a rhino. So, well, I went big game hunting, and a rhino doesn't have any feathers. At least it hadn't last time I looked. Yeah, but when they talk about game as in birdage... Yeah. Are they only talking about... A, a, is there a certain criteria? Are there only X amount of birds that sit in there? If you shoot a, a sparrow, that's not game, is it? It's not funny either. <laughs> what do you reckon sparrow tastes like? Probably a bit like starling. What does Starling taste like? Sparrow. Okay. You got some questions, Kev? What? No, never mind. Uh, it's questions and feedback new for 2015 uh, via social media and right. the glory of email. Braintree Mike asks, where the f*** have you two been? <laughs> so many people ask that. I, we must have had about 1,500 messages. Mm. People say, where have you been? Where are you? Well, it's January. We, we're always off at the beginning. Uh, it's the only time we really take any proper time. Yeah. Other than the summer holiday. Yeah. Bit round about Halloween. Yes. Earlier in the year. Yeah, all of that. Uh, so that's it. It was only a couple of weeks. It was just like two weeks holiday. Plus, I mean, you've been celebrating your uh, your young Sandy's birthday, presumably. Yeah, a bit of that. Yeah. How was the party? It's great. Did he get drunk? Yeah, plastered. Ah. Oh. Disgrace. Social services went f***ing <laughs> loopy. <laughs> Bamber bastard, right? <laughs> I just found out Hugh Scully is only 71. This was a massive shock. Seriously? Hugh Scully? Surely he was 71 20 years ago. Well, I had a look. Apparently he no. is. He's in his early 70s. And I thought I thought he was... It's the like... antique roach, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But not the dead one. Well, obviously. The one who looked a bit like a... The dead one was Arthur Askey, wasn't it? That was him, yeah. Hello, playmates. Let me have a look at your grandfather clock. I think, um... Uh, Hugh Scully, though, always looked a bit like a sort of... He's the one who looked like a... Uh, Christopher Lee. Like a cross between Christopher Lee and, a like, a fox. 
Yes. You know, and it, but he was on TV forever. He did, uh, was it Nationwide? I think he did. He did Nationwide. Yeah, that makes sense. He did Antiques Roadshow. Yeah. And Nationwide, of course, famously Frank Boff did Nationwide as well. He did, before yeah. Before he stopped and started <laughs> in people's <laughs> <laughs> He certainly did that. He's still kicking as well. That wasn't a normal career leap, was it, from the BBC? It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit unusual. Dear old cuddly Frank. No, but um, uh, Hugh, Hugh Scully. That means Hugh Scully should still be broadcasting then. If they could put, uh, what's his face, Forsyth on, uh, and despite the fact he's 106, then maybe Hugh Scully should still be doing so. Maybe he is. Maybe he's selling things on a shopping channel. Demonique. Yeah. yeah. There are one or two like, re- really old duffers who still... I mean, if you think of... By the way, Dimbleby, who presents Question Time, mm-hmm. David Dimbleby, I think is something like 75. Is he really? Which is extraordinary. <laughs> there's, there's not really any part of you that thinks in any shape or form that that is a factor. He, visually, in his uh, ability to host, to question, to interrogate, there's none of you that thinks that age has got him in any kind of shape or form. Whereas, <laughs> you know, once in a while you will listen to somebody who's quite old. I mean, yeah. Dave, David Jacobs, fellow used to be on the radio. Hello, David Jacobs here. Yeah. And he was on the radio till quite recently, really. And they were still put... When did he die? Like a year ago or something? It was... Yeah, I think something like that, In that kind of territory. And, you know, some of his last shows, God bless him and all the rest of it. I mean, clearly had a fan base, and if you had half of his career, you would be delighted. Because, you know, he wasn't always old, of course. No. Once upon a time, the cool man. Um, The cool man. The cool man. He was the cool man. He was. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Had a T-shirt and everything. (laughs) But there's a point when you think, you know, maybe... I don't know why you're doing this. But then I heard Blackburn on the radio ah, the Tony. Day, who, nev- who just doesn't sound any different. Well, you know the thing about Tony, because, uh, as you know, I know him a bit. We've had him on the podcast. Yeah, he does it because he loves it. He doesn't need the money, which is why you find him on, like, strange little stations in Kent. Yes, he does you know, small stations. Yeah, well. because he just loves doing it. He loves being on the air. He'll die on the air. Probably. Wouldn't be the first. Would he? And, yeah. And, you know, just for the just to make sure, because podcasts and all that, being time-sensitive... R.I.P. Tony, just in case, between now and his coming <laughs> and out. And then, of course. Yeah. Kev. Uh, from Glasgow Paul, driving his hovercraft. Okay. What is this Hang thing? On, does anybody... Have you been on a hovercraft? Yes. Have you? Yes. Where? Uh, it was <laughs> on some water somewhere. Does that help? One would hope. No, I think it was... Uh, uh, I can't remember, but I remember being on a hovercraft. When travelling? Yes, and it was deeply disappointing. Because I thought it was going to be, like, super smooth, and it was actually just, like, you know, it was all right. Did you not think it was going to be like the Bond movie, you know, when Daniel Craig goes down the Thames on the dinghy? Something <laughs> like that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's a, that's how I would have imagined it would be. But it's like fly moves, isn't it? It's like ho- ho- the whole concept of hovering. 2015 now, Back to the Future 2, which, by the way, yep. wasn't any sort of projection of the future. It was a daft movie. It was a comedy, which is why you don't have hoverboards and flying cars. But hovering... Like, hover mowers don't really hover. Or at least not much, at least mine didn't. You have to sort of lift it a bit. Yeah. To create the illusion of hoverage. What you actually want is something you can push with a finger and it slides yeah. across the lawn. See, the hover- when I was a kid, we used to do these day trips to France with the school. That was because it was near the coast. So uh, that was the default trip for every school kid. A couple of times throughout your secondary school, you go off to France for the day ah, oui. to Calais or Boulogne. And sometimes you go on the ferry and some kids went on a hovercraft. And then about 10 years ago, or 15 years ago, I think they did away with the hovercraft. It was probably because Channel Tunnel and Ferry have yeah. usurped hover business. But it always seemed like a remarkably fast way 
to get across the channel. Could you buy your own and just go across the channel? I think you can build your own. Really? You wouldn't want to trust that, would you? A couple of vacuum cleaners, some tires. I'm sure you could. I'll try okay. it next week. Yeah. How to build a hovercraft. Anyway, sorry, Glasgow Paul. Uh, Glasgow Paul says, uh, what is this thing called Wolf Hall? Is it really that good or just a crock of esoteric pseudo shit that makes the masses feel guilty and intellectually inferior if they don't watch it? I don't know. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it either. They're making a lot of play about it, aren't they? It's meant to be pretty good, but I, I don't know. But isn't it that thing where there are a couple of programs, trying to think the more recent one as well that came out where everybody talks about it and talks about how amazing it is. No, it's just brilliant. You've got to watch this and it changes the way you look at things. And, you know, there's people watching something they wouldn't normally watch. That's the whole, that's the thing, is to get something to watch stuff you wouldn't. Big period drama, very weighty piece, mm. very truthful to the original Mantel novels and everything about it, you know, supposedly uh, about as beautifully perfected as a piece of TV could ever be. And yet when push comes to shove, I just got a funny feeling most people would look at that and think, I'm sure it's very good. In the same way as watching a good Shakespeare is probably very good. I just yeah. don't imagine most people going to get into it. Well, I think it's currently still available on the BBC iPlayer Do you work on it or something? No, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see it just because apparently people say it is a very well-crafted piece of drama. But who has the time to watch crafted drama these days? But it's all drama, most drama of, you know, most period drama stuff is you, it's all pretty well put together. Isn't it? All, everything looks good these days. You, you've really got to be screwing up monumentally to make something that looks bad. Yeah, you say that, but the fact of the matter is, if you do see something, it's had a lot of, it's had a lot of money spent on it, and it, you know, it, but so the stories are subpar and the acting is a little bit shonky. It makes you feel all stabby. In fact, True. you could say it makes you feel Downton stabby. <laughs> Uh, from Lombard Carpentier. <laughs> Gents, I went to the cinema a week or so ago and the guy sitting in front of me produced a sandwich to munch during the movie. <laughs> Not just any sandwich, but a foot-long meatball sub which stank the place out. No one complained. But is taking your own stuff into a movie now socially acceptable? Well, taking your own stuff is socially acceptable. But if you were to set up a small table with four placings... And a roast and all sat around it. That wouldn't be exciting. It sounds like that's what that guy almost yeah, did. Yeah, taking a little sandwich might be. But it's like people who sit on trains and tubes and buses, isn't it? Eating a very smelly tandoori it's, or it's what Chinese it is. or something. Specifically, the uh, Japanese food places on uh, many station forecourts, certainly in the south of England and round about London, where they sell takeaway uh, curry, yep. which does stink the whole train and the train behind it out because they just and, and it, it's great food, but it it it's not right. And pasties, pasties smell a bit as pasties well. Pasties aren't a bit, aren't they? Yeah, Cornish pasty. What about Cornish pasty? I like a bit of pasty. It's just horrible things. You know they are. You, what, it's just nonsense. They just oh look at me, I'm not really a sausage roll. I'm a pasty. I'm made a different stuff. Yes. The pastry is done up by people squeezing their fingers together at the top. What a load of shitty pasty stuff. <laughs> don't get what your problem is. You, so you would rank your, your roll above your pasty? Oh, every day of the week. Really? Sausage roll yeah. over a pasty. Yeah. You know what you are? You're a deviant. Okay. Uh, from, speaking of which, from Big Balls McGrew, from somewhere in the ether. 
When are you coming to Margate to relaunch Dreamland? <laughs> yes, we've been booked to relaunch Dreamland. We are coming to Margate. We are going to do our road trip. We're going down to Margate. We're going down to Margate. But we're not obviously not going to Dream Dreamland for the uninitiated. It used to be the theme park. And they are reopening it, but I'm not sure they're reopening it in the same kind of like they're not going to make a big kind of Blackpooly Pleasure Beach Alton Towers thing. Mm. I don't know whether it's going to be something that's a bit more true, to a bit more historic, a bit I, more I, true. To yeah, it. I think they're going to go for some sort of retro theme. With I it. think so. But they follow me on Twitter now because we mentioned Dreamland Margate and they started following me on Twitter. Yes. So I think we have to stick our head around the door and see what's up, don't we? Even if it is just a pile of wood. It, yeah, I mean, it's got some... I, th- I think the old roller coaster. we've said this before, I think he's listed, and it, it's got all that kind of... Hasn't kind it blown of. away? Has it? Wasn't there a story... Are you, are you wondering, that, or are you no, I, stating, or...? Well, there were some storms a few weeks back, and I'm sure it, a bit of what, it... a whole roller coaster Blew away. Yeah. Where is it? Who knows? Deal? And if it's not there, that's no deal. <laughs> so that makes no sense at no level. It, it's the first one back. What I do you expect? I tell you where I did go um, the other weekend, to... I think it's called Harry Potter World. Oh, I've heard about this. Yes. Yeah. Warner Brothers Studios. It's not an amusement park. It is kind of behind the scenes of Harry Potter. Yeah. And it's extraordinary. I've not even seen Harry Potter. I okay. Really very little about I think I saw half of one. Very little about the whole Harry Potter thing. Yeah, you take a tour around the set. It's got the props. It's got bits and pieces. You know, kids can sit on a broomstick with a green screen behind them. Ah. They do all of that kind of stuff. Then you see the actual... Um, you go into Hogwarts Hall, then you go to another aspect where there's another layer of the story, and then it sort of culminates. If you like, if you're interested in film, um, and the making of film, and what goes on behind it, then you see the actual Hogwarts model that was used to, you know, where they flew cameras around. Yeah, just unbelievable. So, just did you? Is there a video of you sitting on a little broomstick? And yeah, I opted to not do said video. Really? Yeah, it's not like you. <laughs> it's very much like. I'd very much like to see that on social yeah. media. I think that would be. But awesome. What's always worth going to those places is to see. How, believe me, the amount we paid for food, they could have made another Harry Potter. <laughs> I think that's the way they're working it. Yeah. It's just extraordinary those places, isn't it? Everything's nothing's less than five quid. Very mm. few things are less than ten quid. Want a beer? Eight pounds. Legoland's the same, yeah. and all the food's made of <laughs> plastic. I was going to say. Yeah. Tried to sneak in there once. I was breaking it. Oh. <laughs> First one back. First one back, yes. If uh, this was 15 to 1, all of our lights would have gone out. You know <laughs> Press your buttons now! Uh, from John Pole of Pole & Sons, Pole Manufacturers Limited, makers of quality poles since 1997. John writes, has anyone ever actually seen someone object at a wedding? I've only ever seen it on TV. Some of the other week objected to the first woman bishop. Did you see that? No. When the Archbishop, uh, I think it was the Archbishop, who did the initiation of the first woman bishop, he said, you know, is there anybody here who can say for good reason? Kind of like a blackadder thing. Right. Uh, I, I'm going to paraphrase here. A, a, a man stood up and went, Your Noble Excellency, I would very much like to refer you to the Bible, if I may be so bold as to... And the Archbishop um, had a really good response as well. All right. Yeah, he just went... Oh. <laughs> No, I don't know how he dealt with it, but, yeah, I, whether they expected it or knew it was going to happen. I thought it was some kind of devil's advocate thing. It was some part of the procedure. Uh, but apparently it was somebody still taking that 
men only campaign all the way to the altar uh from nancy drew have you ever <laughs> what have you ever made some extra money by being part of a drug trial i did it and made about 500 quid that said i've had itchy bits ever since i know a lot of students well, they always say a lot of students do that um do they well, there's adverts. Do you know anybody who did it? There, you do there, see adverts for it. And radio adverts as well, uh, particularly say, you know, if you'd like to beat the flu, then come here and we'll give you some drugs and pay you several hundred pounds. Do you remember that hospital in North London where this happened and all these people swelled up like elephant? They called it, I think, you know, the curse of the elephant man. No, of course they did. Oh, hello. <laughs> I'm on a drugs trial. Unfortunately, my legs have swollen up like a tree trunk. And now I'm scared of mice. <laughs> Could I have a peanut? Oh, hello. Yeah, they did the trial. And, um, <laughs> I think their like, hands and feet all swelled up. Good. No, oh, you don't want that. I'd, I'd like to, th- I hope, after that, that they, uh, they're all right. I think they were all right. I think it you know, took a while. But isn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you, would that be the first thing? If somebody said, hey, we've got this new drug. We haven't tried this on anything. You want to be the first to try it? kind of cockwomble would give that a go? <laughs> I suppose it depends, though, doesn't it? it depends. Here's 200 quid. Uh, no, thanks. Right, but let's say if it's, if, it's a, if it's a bad disease, for example, like your Ebola, and somebody says, well, you've got an option, Mr Collins. It's either A, taking this drug, which is experimental, never tried it on humans before, don't know what's going to happen, or B, mm. you die. Then you'd say, well, I'll go for A. Yes, and I think that does sort of happen mid-treat. You know, there are people who have cancer treatment, and in the middle of the cancer treatment, somebody says, actually, we've got this as an experimental procedure we're trying, and often with really good results. Mm. And it probably won't make you any worse. It might make you better. The worst scenario is that it just kind of remains as it was. Yeah. But, yeah, I think you'd go for that. But the idea that you just pitch up because of an ad in the paper says, make yourself £50 by taking this, and along you go, and... What? You sign a little form that says, you know, should my testicles inflate like <laughs> space hoppers, then I, I won't sue you. Entertaining, though, that would be. Well, there's only one way to find out, really. Andre! What are you doing next week? Yeah. Uh, and finally, Esther, from Gridlock, Robot Dinosaur. <laughs> Whatever happened to Busby? What, the phone thing? I guess so. There was a, it was, was it an owl? What was it? Ah, that's a good point. What was it? It was like a, a badly drawn yellow bird. Mm. Uh, and it used to advertise... British Telecom. Yeah. The post office. That's awesome. right. It was the post office. Bernard used... Cribbins? No, didn't used to run Bernard Cribbins. He's, he couldn't get around <laughs> on his own. I know he's old. Uh, but yeah, still doing a bit of TV. But Busby was this badly drawn bird thing that used to sit on a bird line with a phone. And it was used to advertise... I guess, yeah, I think you're right. The post office. Post office telephone? Was it as the post office was being privatised? I think it must have been. Is that what it was? No, no, I think it was before then. Was it? Because I think Busby was a symbol of something and then disappeared. Because it of... The po- it wasn't the post office as in stamps. It was the post office as in communication, Yes, wasn't it? yes, I think so, yeah. Because wasn't he sitting on a phone wire or something? Yeah, exactly. Well, he must have been a bird then. Well, yes, I know he was a bird, but what sort of bird was he? What, does it matter? Yes. What are you, a f***ing ornithologist? Are you Bill Oddie or something all of a sudden? <laughs> I'm a completist. Send Chris Packham round there. I, had to, I have to know what it is. Right to Birdwatch. It's back on. Is it? Dear Chris. And here's a letter we have from Kev, who says, <laughs> who, what was Busby? Bill, what do you reckon? Oh, he's gone off on a bicycle made for three. <laughs> Suddenly turning into Ken Livingston <laughs> in the middle of all of that.
The Shramble in Paris. <laughs> uh, if you've got any questions you want to send to us, Kev at onceaword.com, Ian at onceaword.com. Ah! Uh, here we go. They are back for 2015. You thought, will they drop it for the new year? Ah, no, of course we're not going to do that. It's one of our faves. They might be microscopic in their significance, but these are those small moments in life that hurt your head. Those tiny acts of human behaviour that send you into zone of sheer frustration. They are random acts of irrational annoyance. Kev, have you got one? I have two. Two? Uh, the first one is the expression, which I think has been very much overused when it comes to celebrities and things. This expression, break the internet. Kim Kardashian breaks the internet. So-and-so breaks the internet. You haven't. It, it was a cute expression, but it's just completely overused now, and we need to move on from it. What do it. they mean by it? Like, it's lots like, of people looked at their pictures. It's like so many people looked at it that the internet just fell over, and it was like, oh, that's Breaks it. the internet. But that's the reality, and the reality of it is that, you know, a cute expression, but destined to become this year's keep calm and carry on. Yep. My second one is... Uh, on Facebook, for those of you familiar with Facebook, I don't know if anyone still uses Facebook, but there's this um, new sort of uh, phenomenon when it comes to uh, people sharing posts from somewhere supporting a particular cause or something, something someone's written. So it will say, you know, here's a picture and it's blah, blah, blah. And it will say, share on your wall if you are against bullying, for example. The suggestion being that if you don't share it on your wall, you're somehow pro-bullying. <laughs> or anti-human rights or whatever. I, that doesn't make any sense. No. I, I don't understand the sort of philosophy of, if you do this, you're all right. If you don't do it, you are guilty because you didn't. Yeah, but that happened. You see, people love polarity, and never more so. Now, I think social networking has really fueled this. I had it the other day. It's the same thing. I've repeated this time and time again. I'm having this discussion with some bloke who's talking about um, Andy Burnham and the NHS. Right. Okay, so Andy Burnham was the health secretary. He's obviously uh, part of the last government. He was the health secretary for about a year. And between the last government and this government, they privatised a hospital. Hinchingbrook's hospital was privatised. The contract was given to a company called Circle Health. Now, as is their entitlement under the terms of the contract, Circle Health has said, we can't make this work. We're handing it back to you. All right, so there's all of that kerfuffle as to whether or not Private is good, whether it can ever work. It was the first time it had ever been done. Right. Labour worked on this for five years. Andy Burnham was the health secretary for one of those years, a fifth of the amount of time they worked in it. I would say it's safe to say that Andy Burnham was part of the process that made it all happen, and then it was finished off finally by the coalition who nominated Circle Health and signed the contracts. Right. This fella pitches up, and he says to me, nothing to do with Andy Burnham. I said, well, he was the health secretary. Yeah, yeah, but he's made it quite clear. It's not, nothing. I said, well, what do you He was the health secretary. Which part of being the fucking health secretary do you not get? He was the health secretary when they initiated the tendering process. Right. He was the head honcho of all things health when they initiated No, no, nothing to do with it. And on and on this went. And he decided from that, and it's the old chestnut, you must be a Tory. Ah. Right. So I must be something because I'm not something else. Yeah, yeah. That's the point. And I think there is a kind of a, a bit of a lust for that narrative at the moment. I agree. And it was a long way to go to set up your example, but you're completely right. <laughs> well, I had to relive it, frankly. <laughs> yes. I'm still fuming. Yeah, we all had to experience it with you. Mickey the Toe Rag from New Delhi says, Can I nominate arseholes who clap at the end of films in cinemas? Why are they doing this? Or are they actually applauding the projectionist? I think we've touched on this territory before. A while ago, but yeah. 
I don't know what they're doing. It's the same as people who clap when a plane lands, isn't it? Aren't you just demonstrating your approval of said film to your fe- <laughs> fellow cinema goers? Yeah, it's very good, that, isn't it? Yeah. Particularly like the way McKellen managed to portray his parts. <laughs> well, let's be honest. If you can clap and you're not too busy eating your f***ing meatball sub... <laughs> Paul the Scroat in John O'Groat says, My random act of irrational annoyance is how loud the ping has become on the average microwave. I bought a new one recently, lobbed in some baked beans for a tasty baked bean on toast snack, and almost shat my pants <laughs> when it went off. I thought it was a fire alarm. <laughs> is this a joke? Mine's quite loud, actually. Mine is. But I have to try and stop it one second before so that it doesn't go off. Think about microwaves is. I had to buy a new one recently. Do you know how many microwaves, genuinely, I've been through in the past two years? God. Five. What are you doing to them? Nothing. What are you putting in there? No. Animals? It's just occasionally, and you know when a microwave is going to stop working because it starts to fizz and crackle and you get this incredibly overpowering smell of Uh nothing before something eventually pops. And I just seem to be having very bad luck when it comes to microwaves. And I, I say five because there was one that I didn't even get to use it because when I, I uh, went to the local town and I bought it because it's always nice to have a microwave and brought it back to the house and opened it up and the front screen had smashed <laughs> in. So, but that still counts as one. They're also quite cheap as well. Yeah, but you want a reasonable one, Well, you want you? A t- it's size, isn't it? Eh? <laughs> you, want, you want one that you can, you know, get a hog in if you can. <laughs> eh? Are you worried about microwaves? Do they bother you? No. I think it, I, I think with microwaves, it's a little bit like sitting too close to the TV. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, that will make... <laughs> it'll turn your eyes green and all that. And it doesn't really. It just makes you... It might make you... Give you a bit of a headache. But, you know... That's it. Are, are, are you concerned about microwaves? No, nah, really. Uh, this comes from Palacio Flapwaller. <laughs> the dandy hairdresser. <laughs> Palacio says, I'd like to nominate Callum Best. At what point did he think that beard looked OK? <laughs> I'd have that bushy mess cut off in half a beat. It didn't. I think he went into the Big Brother house with a beard because he's got really lost quite a lot of hair on top. Well, he, he looked to have a bit more hair than he has in the past. I mean, I, that I might he be a good haircut. He just his beard off and stuck it on his head. Yeah, just pulled it up a bit. He would look like Marge Simpson if he did that. <laughs> it is that kind of beard. It yeah. was so big. But kind of, I think he kind of extended the... There was this weird vogue for the beards, and they never looked particularly good. I don't mean your beard. I'm talking about those big well, kind of... Del Strain on the Christmas edition yes, of What's the Word, he, alludes he, to call, them. he called them navy beards, which I completely understand. Yes. It's like you've just stepped off a ship and onto shore. I, you I, haven't shaved for six months. Yeah, I don't know how that became a kind of fashion thing, but what I do know, whether it did, should have done, or whatever, it stopped doing so about a year ago. So why did Callum Best still have one about six weeks? You still see them. You still see people sort of ambling around. But, you know, usually they're drinking gin out of paper bags and living on benches. True. Cool Hand Luke, the L200 driver, says, Who are the fools who think it's funny to drive along a puddle and splash folk on the path? Mm. I saw a guy do this to an elderly couple the other day. They looked as if they'd just gone down Niagara Falls. (laughs) I offered them a towel to dry off. What a nice man I am. Wait, why is he walk, either walking around or driving around with towels to distribute yes. to the public? You walk around with accoutrements, just ready to dry people off. Hair dryer, yeah. towel. Yeah. Pumice. Nice and airwave. Oh, yeah. yeah. Would you have one of those in your house? N- no. Every time I use one, I think, 
Would that be good at home? Well, it'd be quite loud in the middle of the night. But it, it makes you—it makes you the skin ripple on your fingers are so powerful. Does it? Yeah. Have a look next time. Anyway, Cool Hand Luke says uh, those kind of drivers are my nomination for acts of annoyance. Lisa from Doncaster says I'm nominating the man at the end of my road, who every time I walk by shouts, "God loves you, my dear." I'm sure this is a nice sentiment and that he means well, but my radar tells me he's a bit of a wag wag. <laughs> Fair enough. How do you deal with that if somebody says? God loves you. I suppose if they say it every day, at quarter to seven, when it's pouring hard and you're on your way to work, and somebody's just driven past in a puddle, yeah, and splashed you, and someone hands you and a he towel pops and says, up over "God the wall loves you," yeah, with a pair of garden shears in his hand. Good morning, God loves you. Yeah. <laughs> and Jeff Twelve Toes from Melbourne, Australia, uh, says, "My annoyance are Brits pretending to be Australian." Uh, seems a pom only has to be here for three minutes before they go all fair dinkum and chucking a mental. Next time I come to the UK, shall I start speaking in a cockney manner? I don't think so. People would think I'm some sort of... Quack, quack, oops. <laughs> no, just stick to the Aussie accent and they'll think you're some kind of... <laughs> quack, quack, That's all you have to do. Oh, and I should just mention the Merriweather twins from Yorkshire. Oh. They say our annoyance are people who make dull and repetitive comments about us being twins. We've heard it all before. For the record, we're not psychic. There's no spooky bond and we don't paint our houses the same colour without even realising it. In fact, in our case, it's even more unique because we f***ing <laughs> hate each other. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> now, as you've probably noticed, it's 2015. And if you're in the market for a shiny new motor to complement this shiny new year, then let me tempt you with a fabulous and very shiny Mitsubishi ASX. The ASX four-wheel drivability fused with urban agility is a true crossover ready for every adventure. And right now, you can save a £1,000 across the range, which start at just 13999 with some great finance options available. Want one? Just visit mitsubishi-cars.co.uk to find out more. And now it's time for the bit we call Kev's Bit with Kev. Something brand new, something we've never done before. You could call this... I don't like the sound of this. ...a podcasty experiment. OK. Because it's time for the first ever Sideshow Kev's International Sweatshop Sweet Shop. Very simple, Ian Collins. Yes. We're going to do a little bit, little bit of uh, role playing, okay. a little bit of acting. That's right. Because you've been an actor in yeah. the past. Yeah. Well. Uh, here's what will happen. Yeah. I'm the shopkeeper. You're the customer. Okay. And I've like got open a, all hours. Yeah. And as you can see, I've got a stack of cards here with the names of actual, real sweets on. Okay. Actual candy, if you like, yeah. from around the world. All right. And you know, you'll come into my shop. Yeah. And I will hold up the card as you're speaking, okay. as you're getting ready to make your order, and all you have to do is order the item. It's very simple. Right. Okay. So every time you hear a ding yeah. is when I'm holding the card up. Okay. Okay. Which will be the first time I've seen what I've got to order. Yes, absolutely. Okay. The right. very first time. Okay, I like it. Here we go. Hello, sir. Good morning. Welcome to Sideshow Kev's International Sweat Shoppy Sweet Shop uh, thing. Nice to be here. I like your tie. Thanks. Do you want to get a room? Also, how can I assist you today? Well, you can assist me because I would like... <laughs> I would car. like some... I would like some butt break. Butt break? Do you mean the chocolatey treat from Korea? Well, we have some over here. Can I get you anything else? Uh, yes, while I'm here, I don't... <laughs> I'd also like some nut milk. <laughs> nut milk? Yes. Do you mean chopped nuts and chocolate from Canada? No problem at all, sir. Here you are. Can I get you anything else? Anything else you would like on your order? 
Um, I would like to buy some. Um, <laughs> move your hand. Some chocolate log, please. Chocolate log? Yes, please. Do you mean the delicious Nestle treat from South Africa? Correct. Well, we've got some here. Good. I must say, sir, you've got quite a sweet tooth. Put it in the basket. Is there anything else we can get for you today? Uh, yes, there is, actually. Could I have... <laughs> yes? Are you all right, sir? <laughs> Could I have some arse pearls? <laughs> Do you mean the multicoloured sugary sweets from Denmark? What else? We've got one box left. Stick it in the basket. I have to say, sir, we're about to close, I'm afraid. Okay. <laughs> we're about to close. This is possibly the most juvenile thing <laughs> I've ever been involved with. <laughs> While standing next to a microphone. You've heard nothing yet. Have you, um, is there anything else I can get you? Well, yes, there is one more item. I would like... Yes? I would like, if you don't mind, some spunk. Spunk? Do you mean... No, I occasionally work for the BBC. No, hang on, hang on. Wait, it gets better. Do you mean Spunk, the confectionery treat from Denmark and Germany that's made from salty licorice? <laughs> that's a fact. Fact. Stick it in the basket. No problem. That'll be £900. Thank you very much for visiting Sideshow Kev's sweet shop of doom. Credit stream. And there you go. That is it for our first of 2015. One little... A little peach. Not little bad. Peach it was as well. Um, good day to you all out there, by the way. And we are, of course, back next week. Thank you to you for downloading. If you like what we do, want to help support this podcast, this is really important, this bit, actually. Get over to iTunes, because you rate, you review, and you hit subscribe, and then you're on your iTunes podcast app. It just comes down each week automatically. Oh, good. Very simple. Uh, if you're not on iTunes, of course, and you're on Android, try the Stitcher app. That is also free. Download stitcher.com slash once a word and don't forget of course you can follow us at once a word thank you to our sponsors Mitsubishi Motors in the UK the in-show feature and sponsor music was by Kevin McLeod and yeah. Competech.com that's the one thank you to our technical operator Andre Big Fingers Porch <laughs> program was edited by Helen Bowman our intern this week was Demis Roussos and, <laughs> and as ever the in-show catering was still provided he re-signed the contract oh. Abdul's Coffee Shack are back with us for another, well, at least a month anyway. We're back in seven days with many, many things. You never know, we could be going stateside. Find out more in a wee while. Until then, goodbye. A Big Things Media production. Big Things! Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the hard-working Mitsubishi L200. With £2,000 off the range, make the L200 your ultimate workmate.